we trust that you will join us so our family can be complete. On behalf of our lead pastor, uh, Pastor Steve and uh, Pastor Melanie, I want to say we want you to come back. And all the people in-house here said what? Amen. Amen. And so your family here are waiting on you. Uh, Sister Julie, our hearts go out to you, and uh, we're praying with you this day. We love you. We embrace you. Let's look to God in prayer, shall we, before we start? Father, quiet our hearts now as we uh, lean into your word. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we need not hear a word from Raymond. In fact, we don't want to hear a word from Raymond. We want to hear a word from you today. Father, many of our hearts are heavy. And yet, Lord, we know that your word reminds us that we don't grieve as those without hope. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you that we're going to gather someday over on that other side with all of our loved ones. But until then, Lord, you have work for those who are left here to do. Let us be about the Father's business. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, as we continue in our series entitled Practicing the Ways of Jesus Through Hospitality, the Table, uh, let me start off by uh, saying Connie and I are the products of the table that we'll be discussing this morning. Let me explain. About eight years ago now, uh, Connie and I came up here from a small town in the Midwest. Have you heard of it, Chicago? <laughs> we came up here to be closer to my parents, and we knew that our responsibility was to be in church on Sundays. So we needed to find a new church home. And so Connie and I must have gone through and thank you, sweetheart, for reading that, uh, our scriptures this morning as well. Um, we must have gone through about 12 churches. We would see them driving around. Oh, we'll check this one out this coming Sunday. And we knew of some already in coming up here. And so a combination of those two principles, the ones that we knew that we were going to visit, and those that as we were driving around and getting familiar with the Ypsilanti area that we ran into, we visited probably about 12 churches. When I received communication from a friend of mine back in Chicago, uh, did I tell you he's a free Methodist pastor? <laughs> uh, and he said, Hey, Ray, why don't you guys check out Ypsilanti Free Methodist Church? Well, of course, that wasn't on our radar at the time. And so being a, a respected friend of mine, I said, well, I'll take them up on it. And so we visited 
Uh, some of you perhaps even were gracious in your greetings of us as a new couple coming into the church. And so Connie and I agreed, hey, let's, let's come back a second time because we were starting to whittle down which churches are on our short list. And, and so we came back a second time to Ypsilanti Free Methodist Church, and this precious dear couple turned around at the end of service and said to Connie and I, are you guys doing anything this afternoon? We would love to have you over for dinner. Now, I don't know about you, but, and I don't turn down, uh, I don't turn down a lot of things, but, and sometimes I turn down things, <laughs> but a dinner? I don't think so. And so we agreed, yes, we would love to, to come over to your home and, and uh, fellowship with you. And long story short, had a wonderful fellowship with them and a delicious meal on top of that. That was the clincher for Epsilani Free Methodist Church for us. After that dinner and that fellowship with that couple. And of course, as the old saying goes, the rest is what? History. Well, we've already discussed eating with God, which involves gathering like we're doing now and participating in the table, which is communion. Then we discussed eating with family, which included a delicious barbecue on the 4th and the participation of our children in morning worship service. Now today we'll discuss eating with neighbors those who are yet to experience the love of Christ. And let's face it, folks, let's face it, that's a scary proposition, that of sharing one's faith with others. I believe Pastor Mel said it this way last week, that uh, hospitality equals vulnerability, that, that you're going out on a limb when you share your faith. That, isn't that the challenge for most of us, if not all of us, the rejection and what the other individual thinks of us as we share our faith with one another. But, but let me remind you, you were not saved to live in secret. You know, I, 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 I think sometimes that uh, wouldn't the Christian life be great if we can do it in secret? If we could do it in secret, wouldn't this life be, be beautiful? In other words, never attend public service. Many of you would be, dare I say, in the bed right now on a Sunday morning. Come on now. Let's, let, let's, let's be honest with one another, okay? Let's be honest with one another. If you weren't here, you would be, or some would be on the golf course too. I understand that. <laughs> but you sure, certainly, obviously, wouldn't, wouldn't be in public service or you wouldn't be in a Bible study. You'd never give to the work of the ministry. You would keep those few bucks that you give to the church every week. Never help another person in the name of Jesus. Never work at all for the ministry 
whatsoever. You, you, you see, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is no association publicly with Jesus Christ. But no, when you accept Christ, you weren't given the permission to go into hiding. Some of us sung this song while growing up. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. In other words, as little children and even as adults, they're learning to be a witness, to let their light shine before people. So today's scripture is a very familiar one in Luke 19, 1 through 10, that my sweetheart, the love of my life, just read to you. The story of the tax collector, Zacchaeus, who climbed a tree to get a glimpse of Jesus. And oh, by the way, did you know that people are still climbing trees to get a glimpse of Jesus? And yes, you're that glimpse. Of Jesus. Dare I say your neighbors are watching your life for glimpses of Jesus. So how do we encounter people like Zacchaeus? Well, I believe today's story gives us insight into how we reach out to our neighbors with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, if you remember when Thad and Nikki Rollers, missionaries from Columbia, you remember them? were with us, he spoke of people of peace. Uh, these are individuals who are hospitable, but not yet Christians. So, so, so here are some points this story of Zacchaeus teaches us about hospitality, namely learning to eat with our neighbors. The first point it uh, points out is we need to go where they are. We need to go where they are. And that seems obvious. Jesus went where the sinners were. Luke 19.1 says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. And certainly that's what the rollers are doing as they live out love in Jesus' name by going to Columbia. So, so where can we find sinners? Where can we find? Where can we find sinners? That, that's not a rhetorical question, folks. Everywhere. At your place of employment, in your neighborhood, shopping in the grocery store, in your circle of influence. But really, one need not look any further than one's mirror. Oh, I'm going to, some people are going to feel uncomfortable now. We're all sinners. We're all sinners in need of the grace of God. Now, now, the question is raised, what will that mean for me? What will that mean for me? Well, I don't know about, about you. I, I don't know what it will mean for you, but I know what it means for me. You see, your calling is different from my calling, but we're all called to go. Some are called to go across the waters, Others are called to go across the street. Mark 16, 15 tells us, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
But to do that, one must first listen to the words found in Matthew 16, 24, which says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Let me suggest to you that if, if you don't know where to start in sharing your faith, ask God. He will direct you to the people of peace. I'll speak about that issue a little bit later in the message. But the fact still remains we all must go. No excuses, because all of us have our own little mission fields that God has placed in your life, be that family, uh, be that friends, be that neighbors, workplace, etc. So, so first of all, one needs to go where they are as Jesus did. But, but secondly, secondly, how do we encounter people like Zacchaeus? Well, we need to be aware. We need to be aware. As we go, we need to be aware. Jesus was aware of his surroundings because, well, he was looking. Verse 5 says in Luke 19, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you intentionally look for opportunities to share your faith, to witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, a a friend of mine always closes his correspondence with me by saying, and I quote, please keep reaching out because people need the Jesus in you. Did, Did you know that you are Jesus' representative, his ambassador, if you please, here on earth. Well, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says as much when it says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Uh, some would say, looking for opportunities to share your faith? What a novel idea! (laughs) No, (laughs) it's the word of God. (laughs) Being intentional in your evangelism is what God calls each one of us to do. St. Francis of Assisi reportedly said, and I quote, preach the gospel at all times. And if necessary, what? Use words. You see, in other words, let your life reflect Jesus at all times, which which means loving others, forgiving others who offend you, serving people, encouraging, comforting, and praying for all. You know, the short version of that is what we say around here, live out what? Love. Your lifestyle will speak volumes to a sinful world giving you opportunities to share your faith in words. Because if you didn't know it or not, sometimes you must earn the right to share your faith 
by your actions. Oh, somebody missed that. Let me say that again. Sometimes you have to earn the right by building relationships. You have to earn the right to share your faith with your neighbor. In fact, Jesus' last words to his disciples before he he returned to his father in what is known as the Great Commission is found in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, states, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the ages. Jesus here gives us our marching orders, Ipsy Free, which is simply go. Now, I, I know many of you feel like you, you have to go to uh, the Billy Graham School of Evangelism and spend a year on the mission field before they feel comfortable in sharing their faith. Listen, folks, God could care less about protocol. Oh, yeah, you heard me right. God couldn't care less about protocol. You, you see, If he did, Jesus would have chosen the Pharisees as his disciples. But that isn't who Jesus honored. Jesus honored the tax collector who climbed a tree in his three-piece suit to get a glimpse of Jesus. Now, Now, please, 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 please don't misunderstand me. Education and experience certainly helps. But in the final analysis, it's always God that's at work drawing people to himself through you. So as the famous statement in Nike says, just do it. Just do it. Here's a a good starting point. Look for opportunities to serve. That's a great starting point. Look for opportunities to serve. That's always a good icebreaker. As you help someone, you might find that the opportunities to share your faith will be easier than you might think. And remember that Jesus promised that he'll be with you always. What more can you ask? In 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So be aware of your surroundings in regards to witnessing. But finally, finally, how do we encounter people like Zacchaeus? Well, we need to engage them. We need to engage them. In verse 9, Jesus said to him, that is Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Let, Let me ask you a question. If your son or daughter was just accepted in a prestigious college, would you keep that a secret? Or or perhaps your child is chosen uh, to participate in the Olympics. We we just had the Olympics in Tokyo. Uh, uh, 
I don't know about you, but I would have a house full of people. Come on now. Can somebody be real if my daughter uh, was in the Olympics or your daughter or son were in the Olympics? Or how about this? If your daughter or son was the valedictorian of their class at their school? No, you would tell all. Who would listen because you're proud of your son and daughter? Uh, can we briefly have a refresher course for a moment here? Because God is so amazing. The Son of Man gave his life. Why? Because he loves you and me. He came down from his heavenly throne. Why? Because he loves you and me. He suffered. He bled. He died. Why? Because he loves you and me. That should be the catalyst for us going forth, unashamedly, to tell the world about Jesus. But you say, what will they think of me? Folks, it's not what they think of you that matters in the final analysis, but what God thinks of you that will ultimately count. Matthew 10, 28 states, and, and, and I quote, Do not be afraid of those who will kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of those who can destroy both soul and body in hell. In, in light of that, I, I would think our concern should be with what will God think of me and not what another human being would think. As I said earlier, God could care less about protocol. Just do it. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he challenged the customs of the day. He ate with sinners. He provided the best wine at the end of the wedding, when custom says at the beginning. He engaged those who had leprosy. He refused to stone a woman caught in adultery, just to name a few. And he befriended one of the most despised individuals of that day, a tax collector. No one was off limits to Jesus. So, so, so we need to engage them for the gospel's sake as well. Now, now what, what are the next practical steps? Well, first of all, what it really boils down to and sharing the good news can be as simple as being a good friend. A good friend. And, and what is a friend? Well, according to the book Blessed by the Ferguson brothers, and I quote, someone who listens without judgment, offers you wise counsel, but helps you make your own decisions, and loves you no matter what. That's a friend. How many of us have a friend today? <laughs> Let me encourage you all to read the book, Bless. You've heard it the number of times from our pastors. If you're serious about sharing the love of Christ with your neighbor, it's an acrostic. B stands for 
began with prayer. Began with prayer. Prayer, the Holocaust survivor, Corey Ten Boom, said, and I quote, we never know how God will answer our prayers, but we can expect that he will get us involved in his plan for the answer. End of quote. Folks, simply put, prayer is powerful. And as you pray for the salvation of your neighbor, God will bring those people of peace in your life. Dare I say, the most underutilized tool in our arsenal for believers is prayer. Is prayer. L, L, listen, listen. Uh, we cannot bless the world without listening to people. People want to know that they're being heard. And heard without judgment. Because people are hurting. People are hurting. Uh, can I confess uh, for a moment here? That I, as I witness sometimes, I'm thinking about the next spiritual law, Brother Dave, as they're sharing with me their hurts. Instead of listening to their hurts and what is going on in their lives. I'm, I'm trying, in other words, get the gospel out so I can walk around and pat myself on the back. I, I gave them the four spiritual laws. They're going to be saved pretty soon. People are hurting and they want to be heard. So we need to be good listeners. And I confess that I'm not many times a good listener. E, E, eat. <laughs> Do I need to say more? Eat. Here's a plug for our dinner church, which Brother Tommy does a great job at, which is now expanding to two sites. Food is always a good gathering point, as I shared earlier. In the book Blessed, the Ferguson say that he's convinced that food is a grace from God because the average human being has 10,000 Taste buds. 10,000 taste buds. S, S is service. Jesus' message is simple. It's now our turn to serve the way Jesus served, which was in close proximity, personally, and powerfully. Remember Jesus said, I did not come to what be served, but to serve and to give his life for ransom for many. Matthew 20, 28. And the final S is story. Each one of us have a story to share. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Each one of us have a story to share. As the blind man said in John 9, I was blind, but now I see. May I ask you, what is your story of Jesus touching you and your blindness leaving? It was over 50 years ago now for me in a little church in Chicago, Illinois, in the basement of that church. 
where I was presented with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, that's my story. (laughs) The lady walked us young kids through the principal statements that all are sinners. We didn't have any problem uh, comprehending that because we all knew that we had done things wrong, even probably right before we came to vacation Bible school. And then she shared that Jesus came to die on the cross for our sins. I can understand that as well as a young kid. I've done wrong. Jesus died for those wrongs. And now the clincher. By accepting Jesus, I can now have a relationship with God. Remember, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So I ask you today, what is your story? It's it's just that simple. What, What is your story of how you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? That can be your witnessing tool as you go forth. Let me challenge each and every one of you this morning to, uh, uh, to do some introspect studies of your own life and where God has brought you from. I don't know. You know. You know where God has brought you from. And let me challenge you then, out of gratitude, as I challenge myself, to then go forth looking for that person of peace, that neighbor that needs Jesus Christ in their life. And then in the process, share Jesus. Even now, I invite anyone today who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior to give their life to him. He loves you. He died for you. Won't you give your life to him today? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here this morning with us. Lord, there's many things that causes fear in our lives as believers. And yet, Lord, you're, well, you're patient with us. You're you're, you're patient with us to tell us that you'll never leave us (laughs) nor forsake us. I pray for my dear friends here my family of believers who are in the midst here today and virtually, that, Lord, you would challenge us to move from perhaps complacency, indifference, fear, to trusting you to give us the boldness to share what you've done for us. Father, this is my prayer, not only for the people of God, but for myself. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen and amen.